Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey, everybody. We're back for another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. Happy Obi-Wan Kenobi week, y'all. Oh, that's exciting. Isn't it Stranger Things week, too? And it's Stranger Things week. Which, did we talk about this? Did we talk about how they split up their episodes? I mean, other than half are dropping, or some are dropping in May no. and some are dropping in July. Yeah, we didn't get into the details. They released how many. So they're dropping 90% of the season this week, and then only two episodes in July. Like, that's literally just Netflix saying, keep your subscription because it's coming back for two episodes. They can enjoy that until the end of July when I am dropping them. Yeah, but they have one more season next year. Well, I thought they were, I thought this, this was the, this was it. This is season 4A and 4B. They have season five is the last season. So next year is the last season. How did I miss that? Well, I'll drop them and then I'll just rejoin for the last. That, that's what I plan on doing. You know what I plan on doing? Creating a new email account to get the free trial <laughs> and watching Stranger there Things you. season five. You know, you're telling them right now they're listening and they're going to come. No, I'm just kidding. Netflix, if you're they listening, I have an excellent mini series idea. It's about three podcasters uh, <laughs> two from Oklahoma, one from New York, who talk all things Christmas and have a very small listenership, but they're devoted and passionate. Hit us up. Motley crew. King of good stuff on TV. It's really a wonderful time to be alive. So I finished Moon Knight. Um, hot take for those listening who are Patreon members. We do have a Moon Knight episode coming up where Jerry Davila joined us to talk about it. That should be dropping um, in two days' time. If you're, listening I was to unable this day to. Drops. I was unable to make it, but I will go ahead and say I thought Moon Knight got too stupid to continue. I was glad oh, that it no. ended. It annoyed the crap out of me. It was so dumb by the end. I don't 100% disagree. I said it got too rushed and could have used another episode to flush it out. Mm-hmm. Well, they just went in directions I didn't think they needed to. Well, listeners on Patreon, in addition to Tom doing his one-man recording of Batman, he can, he will also <laughs> be doing the one-man recording of Moon Knight, where he responds <laughs> to me, Julia, and Jerry. <laughs> Tom commentary. Um, I've also been watching Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield in it on Hulu. Unbelievable. And it is great and terrifying at the same time. Um, Highly recommend. But I really like Andrew Garfield. He's like a warm blanket. A little bit. He's he's taking a break from acting now. Is he? 
Yeah, he said he's just taking a few years a break. Imagine, imagine having a career or making enough money. You're like, hey, I could just take a few years now. I'll come back in a few years. Yeah, I'm just not going to work for a few years. Pretty great. Yep. Um, I've also, and I know we talked about it in a previous episode, but I don't know if made the recording or not. Um, I've been watching, is it Shining Girls or whatever it is on Apple? Shining Veils? Oh no, Shining Girls on Apple, Shining Veils on Stars. Never mind. Yeah, Shining Girls on Apple. And it was one of those where I got like four episodes in. I don't know that I really liked it, but then I was so committed that I had to just keep watching it. Um, and the last episode has actually gotten kind of interesting. It's got an X-Files vibe to it that I'm not hating. So I'm going to finish it out. So I'm I sure I'd recommend wa- it. I don't know. I've been watching Welcome to Shining Veil on Stars, which is a Courtney Cox, Robert Kinnear one. Is okay. it Robert Kinnear? It's Robert Kinnear. Right? It's Kinnear. Not Greg. Greg, Greg Kinnear. Is it Greg Greg Kinnear. Kinnear. Yeah. yeah. Okay, whatever. I don't know Kinnear. Robert Kinnear. Famous Kinnear guy. They play a married couple. They move into this big old like gothic mansion type thing. She's a writer struggling and the place is haunted. It's like a drama. Ooh, nice. Uh, it's pretty good if you can get past Courtney Cox's awful uh, Botox. Plastic surgery. Um, on Showtime, I've been watching First Lady. The First Lady. with That looked uh, good. Is that the one with Jillian Anderson as Roosevelt or whoever? Jillian Anderson's playing Eleanor Roosevelt. Kiefer Sunderland's mm-hmm. playing FDR. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer's playing Betty Ford. And Aaron Eckhart's playing Gerald Ford. And Viola Davis is playing Michelle Obama. And I forget the na- guy's name. Fagerbankle. <laughs> OJ Fagerbankle, something like that, is playing Obama. And he does that the is best, a wonderful name. The best impression of him, like the voice. But uh, it's quite a good show. And it just has an awesome supporting cast, too. Like you have Dakota Fanning and. Um, the guy who played Rorschach in Watchmen. I forget his name. Uh, but fantastic. Uh, the Staircase on HBO Max with oh yeah, Colin Firth and Tony Collette. Who, Julia, I know you listened to the true story. Have you watched HBO Max's version? No, not yet. Oh, it's on my list. Man, it is. I mean, Firth and Colette, yes, always, yes. I, I blew okay. through the episodes that have dropped so far in like the space of one Saturday evening. It is so well done, so addicting, so like I don't want to say scary, but like unsettling. It's like mm-hmm. so. It's very well done, and uh, I hope they pursue the owl theory. The last episode that dropped so far had them discovering a feather. So, love it. That's my favorite theory about that. And then to Tom, I'm sure Tom will love this one. Not because he already said he hated season one. I've been watching season two of The Flight Attendant, which I've been quite enjoying. So terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I've been really. uh, I we've been following the uh, Under the Banner of Heaven as well, and Mm -hmm. I will give kudos for 90% accuracy on the historic historicity of the uh of the mormon church that's a lot higher than i would usually give just about anything else but they do a pretty solid job wait tom i have a follow-up question on that why Uh should people listen to your accuracy ratings when you called into doubt the letter of virginia hamlin last week 
That was really funny, wasn't it, though? That was a really <laughs> funny troll. As I went back and I was listening to it, and the fact that I was able to keep a straight face through all of that, just to know it was like Anthony, was pretty solid. Uh, and we're watching, yeah, we started Yellowstone. Ooh, did oh, did you see cool. who was okay. cast in the Yellowstone prequel they're doing? Sam Elliott? No, the Yellowstone prequel, they got Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford. The it's 1883. 1883 yeah they're playing the main characters in the prequel oh i nice. didn't see all that they have faith hill and tim mcgraw are in it sam elliott's in it yeah this is faith, like the pre billy bob thornton or something billy bob thornton yes it's the prequel from 1883 okay have y'all watched yellowstone i, no, have. I haven't watched it's Stone yet. quite good julia it is so good it is like a violent western modern western soap opera love western so much and speaking Although of billy bob thornton we have to cover him still on this podcast. no we don't no we found out uh, a way around that we found we out a way around that. it stay tuned listeners yeah i just don't want to do it there's <laughs> other stuff coming out um i think it's a movie not a show but it's Brian Cranston and Annette Benning in the base, I think, on true events where they hack the Minnesota lottery when a whole bunch not, of money. I did not see that. I can't remember the name of it, but just look up Brian Cranston and Annette Benning and you'll find the trailer for it. And it looks delightful. Which is Brian Cranston, who is just delightful oh, wait. anyway. Okay, so the Harrison Ford and Heron, Helen Mirren thing is going to be a new one, 1932. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Julia. Yeah, I said it was a prequel. But they also have the other prequel, 1883, already in existence. Ah, got it. So this is a, I guess this wouldn't be a prequel. So it's a midquel? A, a midquel? <laughs> is that what it's called? That's what we're going to call it. So, so, so essentially, they're starting a Yellowstone cinematic universe. That's what it sounds like. Speaking of cinematic universes, have you all seen the trailer for Thor, Love and Thunder? I've seen it. Wow, hot take. Thor's going to die. Thor's going to die. I don't think he's going to die. If he doesn't die, if he doesn't die, he's going to hang up the hammer, like Julia said. It's a passing of the torch like the rest of Phase 4 has been. You're stealing his God of Thunder. Let me ask you this, Julia, because you have said, I don't know if you said on the main show or just on Patreon, you've had some concerns regarding Natalie Portman. After this trailer, are they a little alleviated a bit? Allayed a bit? They have been assuaged. Is that the right word? There you go. They have been satisfied. I have much less issues than I I did previously. Can I just say, I love that Thor is totally the ex-boyfriend who's never gotten over the breakup and has been counting the days since they last saw one another. That made me <laughs> legit laugh because we've, we've all had that one relationship where it's like, oh yeah, eight months, seven months, <laughs> eight years, seven months, 36 days. <laughs> He's the best when they show his weakness. He's a, Which is Taika Waititi does it very well. Taika Waititi yep. is very smart. Because Chris Hemsworth has tremendous comedic timing and Taika Waititi mm. leans into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Natalie Portman's gorgeous, 
But even as a straight man, Chris Hemsworth looked ripped in that trailer when uh, Russell Crowe took off his uh, snaps his clothes away. (laughs) (laughs) You flick too much or whatever he says. That was funny. That made me laugh. And Christian Bale. (laughs) uh, Yeah. uh, A.K.A. Voldemort. He looked like Voldemort. But uh, Voldemort with a nose. He. It's funny because Christian Bale is such a serious actor. And everyone else around him is joking, having such fun. Like, I would have liked to have seen the set the day Christian Bale was on set. <laughs> but That's funny. It looks good. And I'm excited for Natalie Portman, who I never thought blonde hair would suit her, but it does. And she is gorgeous. And she got ripped as well. So, You know huh? what else looks good? Wow. Harg with his mustache. Hmm. Angels seducing bishops' wives. Yeah, you like them apples. Um, I was so tonight... done with the pre-talk, but okay. Oh, what's your additional pre-talk? I was just gonna say they dropped the first ha- trailer for Hocus Pocus two. Not online for everyone to see, but like a convention, oh. and it leaked and everything. And they said like. It's like no time has passed. Like the three of them just slipped right back into the roles. And if anything, Bette Midler turned up her 10 to like an 11. <laughs> As she should. And in the trailer, they sung Elton John's The Bee is Back, except in the, tra- in the trailer, it was The Witch is Back and not The Bee is Back. <laughs> sure. So that's fun. I hope uh, Disney Plus releases a trailer soon, considering they had a big streaming celebration the other day and released trailers and posters for a bunch of crap. So I thought we were going to get it the other day, and we did not. I was disappointed in Disney, which more for the course nowadays. But you know what? I'm not disappointed in what? Angels seducing bishops' wives? Exactly. You know me and infidelity, uh, Tom. I'm all for that. <laughs> there you are. It really, it really is your go-to. Oh, brother. Um, okay, so tonight we are discussing um, The Bishop's Wife, uh, the Samuel Goldwyn movie from 1947. That is what we have already covered. It's the original to um, The Preacher's Wife. We covered, what, a month or two ago? can't remember um that had that's for sure yeah not long ago that had denzel washington in it so this is the one that started it all um going a bit in reverse but i'm sure we will not be able to refrain from comparing the two in fact i encourage it so let's get down to brass tacks um quick plot synopsis on this one from imdb is a debonair angel comes to earth to help an episcopalian bishop and his wife in their quest to raise money for their new church. Hmm. Which is coincidentally very close to to the other one. Just not Episcopalian. Um, Let's do histories with the bishop's wife before we get into cast and credit. Um, Anthony, what's your history with the bishop's wife? Sure. I don't have one. I saw the bitch... Picture. I saw the oh Lord. <laughs> I saw the bishop. I don't think you're wife. supposed to call the bishop's wife that. That's disrespectful, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, that's rude. I know your religion doesn't allow for bishop's wives, 
so you're not used to it but we do consider that disrespectful to the spouse of our bishop <laughs> i saw the bishop's wife i never saw this i knew i know i knew of its existence uh i just never saw it i love Cary grant so i don't know why i've never saw it but this was my first time watching it uh tom what about you uh long time here first time watcher i've heard about this movie a lot over the year but this is years but this was my first viewing and i am sad it took so long to find such a wonderful movie that is most definitely in my new canon is it it a christmas movie we'll get to it (laughs) um doesn't happen often especially not with old movies but I have an extremely similar history to both of y'all. Um, had heard about this one, perplexed at the fact I've never seen it. And I talked to my mom today, told her we were watching the watching The Bishop's Wife for tonight. And she's like, oh, love that movie. And I'm like, how did we never watch it together? And she's like, I have no idea, but that's a great movie. Um, we, we tried to hit all the Cary Grant movies and I don't know how we missed this one. Um, Sad I missed this one. Really enjoyed this one. Um, so also very happy to be talking about it tonight. I think that's a good segue not to take over, Julia. But I do want to ask, what's your favorite Cary Grant movie? Charade. Mine is North by Northwest. Oh, also good. What about you, Tom? I don't know. It's a really tough call. It is a tough, call. a tough call. He's a phenomenal. Charade actor. was really good. That's the one he did with, uh, that's one of his with um, 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 Audrey Hepburn, right? Yep, that was good. North by Northwest. Is that his most famous one, do you think? That's definitely one of his most famous ones, yeah. For good reason, though. That's a fantastic one. Running from the plane. He has another another movie that he did with, um, I think it's with Audrey Hepburn, too, called Holiday. That was good. Okay. I don't um, know if y'all so, knew this, but I, I went to was... I went to school in England. I lived in England for four years. I don't know if you knew that. I may have mentioned oh. it once or twice. Uh, but when I went to Bristol, they have a Cary Grant statue in Millennium Square, and I visited that statue. Does it have a very deep myself. butt chin? It does. Oh, good. Cor- Back checking myself because I had to look it up because I felt that what I said was wrong was wrong. It was Catherine Hepburn, not Audrey Hepburn and Holiday. Ah. Eh, all those Easy Hepburns are the same. <laughs> Ooh, they're not. No, I know. Okay. That, that <laughs> so Cary Grant. Um, obviously in all of the movies we just mentioned, which are amazing, um, but he was also in some other really big ones. Like for me. Charade is my favorite, um, and Affair to Remember is my second favorite, because I really love that movie. Um, but he was also in His Girl Friday in 1940, uh, The Phil another fantastic movie in 1940 as well. Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, I love um, Arsenic and Old Lace. Mm-hmm. Notorious. Obviously, The Bishop's Wife kind of falls in the middle of his stuff. He was in Monkey Business, To Catch a Thief. Operation Petticoat. Um, and I didn't realize until just now that Charade was his third to last movie ever. Um, he stopped his acting credits stop in 1966, which I don't think I realized. He didn't pass away until 
the eights. Um, but that's weird. So he just retired. I guess he just ended on a high note. Apparently. What was his last um, film? Walk Don't Run in 1966. Charade was 63. So he Charade uh, was like he, the end of his end of his acting life. Sorry, he decided to retire to pursue other business interests, um, including representing cosmetics company Fabergé, and he decided to be a board member at Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Okay. All right. Well, Andrew Garfield um, to that. <laughs> so Cary Grant in The Bishop's Wife plays Dudley. He's our angel character that was played by Denzel Washington in the newer remake. Um, Same just name. to do, do some character. That's right. Character translation yep. there as he's our angel. Um, playing our Bishop's Wife, Julia, um, is Loretta Young. Um, who I don't think we've covered. We have. I cannot I've, imagine we've covered her yet. But she's in a, a TV movie in '86 called Christmas. Yeah, you were. Is that a movie she's in? Yeah, she won an Academy Award for that, right? Or it was nominated. No, she won. She won. The Farmer's Daughter. Yeah, so her face was super familiar to me, maybe because of that, but I couldn't just outright put my finger on what I'd seen her in. Um, but her acting career goes back to 1917. Um, she has some uncredited roles um, as a kid, it looks like, in 1917. Um, the bulk of her acting career looks like it was in the 30s um, and up through the 40s. Uh, she stopped acting for the most part in the late eighties and then had a quick little comeback in a TV movie in 2018. She was um, still alive she, in 2018. She died in 2000 at the age of 87. Well then. Yeah. Anthony, been in people are allowed. People are allowed to live past 50. Well, she, it was, I assume it was maybe re Maybe either the date's wrong in IMDb or it's old footage. Could it be that? If you believe it, you can achieve it. <laughs> I don't know if they cite stuff like that. But she was in a TV movie in 2018, even though she died 18 years prior. I liked her. She was good. She was good. She had a sweetness to her, I think. She wasn't very lively in that role. I can't tell if that's the one that was 18 like... years after she passed away. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> Thank you for telling me. She was also in um, A Night to Remember, um, The Stranger, The Perfect Marriage, The Farmer's Daughter, like Anthony said. Um, and she's got a Christmas thing in her list uh, from 1986. So we might end up covering her again, a TV movie called Christmas Eve. My, my favorite part of The Farmer's Daughter was when she was like, my daddy's not going to be home for a while, but you can come inside and I'll keep you. Oh, wait, no, that was a different Farmer's Daughter that I watched. Never mind. That's not what well, that's not a movie that's appropriate to talk about on the show. Anthony. <laughs> that's one of your that's one of your personal. <laughs> sure. No, but in all seriousness, the Farmer's Daughter is quite good. Recommend it, Julie, if you haven't seen it, it since you like all those old movies. OK, playing our bishop um, is 
David Niven, who we were talking pre-recording, I thought was just super duper familiar to me and that it would jump off the page, me figuring out where I knew him most from, and in fact didn't. Um, you may recognize him from the Pink Panther movies as Sir Charles Lytton. I assume that's probably why his face is familiar to me, even though I was not a huge fan of those. Otherwise, he's been in um, quite a few movies through the 60s and 70s, predominantly, um, including Murder by Death, which makes me laugh as the title of the movie. It's a real problem that faces funny. Every, every person that ever lived. It does. It does. Um, the Impossible Years. Uh, he was in a TV series for a year, um, The Rogues. He was, was so good. also... He was also in a movie, and as I did no research on this, I have questions. He also, in 1967, played Sir James Bond in the movie Casino Royale, which is perplexing to me because he's not listed in the list of Bonds that have bonded. So listeners who do want to do research, fill the gaps of my research in. I'm curious. I'm curious as to maybe this is where he's familiar to me. Um, and he was also in uh, Around the World in 80 Days, which is also not a movie I'd seen. That that might be why he's familiar, just from residual. I love all those old, uh, you know, Around the World in 80 Days, To the Center of the Earth, Journey to the Center of the Earth. I love all those old ones. Did we like Niven? So this character would be um, Courtney B. Vance's character from the newer remake. Um, what did we yep. think of The Bishop? I liked him. I thought all three main cast members were fantastic. He was stiffer than Courtney B. Vance, for sure. Um, I, I didn't find him nearly as relatable. Yeah. I didn't, he, was, he was, out of everybody in this show, he was my least favorite. Yeah. He didn't have a lot of warmth. You have no idea how I had to bite my tongue. Excellent restraint. Why you bite your tongue, Anthony? <laughs> Beth Julia said he was stiffer. All right. Um, next cast member. After after the kind of main ones, we get into a lot smaller characters, but still worth mentioning. We have um, kind of the cast uh, casting crew that interacts with Dudley as the movie goes on, and he impacts in smaller ways. So the first one we see interaction with is Monty Woolley, who plays Professor Wethridge, who I quite liked. And I'm not even gonna, not even kidding when I say the first scene we see him in is at a Christmas term and he's criticizing the owner of the Christmas tree farm about the state of the trees. And all I could see was Tom. He sounded like Tom. He acted like Tom. His <laughs> high attention to the Christmas tree details was very Tomish, and so this character from henceforth in the movie was it was my Tom character. I'm gonna sure. go ahead and take that as a big compliment. Um, I liked him. You should. He was delightful. Um, he plays a professor who everybody in the movie loves Julia because she should be loved. She's a wonderful woman, um, and like our like Julia. Everyone loved her. Well, that's not where I was going with that, but I oh, really I liked this Julia. She was I very likable. Um, but he's he was in a bunch of stuff 
Well, I thought he was a really charming character. He's a professor who's had a bit of a writing slump. Um, and that's the bit of deadly inspiration he gets is um, what to write next. He has these writing commitments he's not he's not been able to get to. And, and so deadly helps him out with that. Uh, we also have the bishop's staff that gets assistance from Dudley as well. Um, Sarah Hayden plays Mildred Cassaway. She's the bishop's assistant, primary scheduler. She's a very hard woman. And when Dudley's around, we see her soften because he's just very, you know, kind. And he asks her how her day is. And the bishop is clearly not doing that. Additionally, um, we have the housekeeper, Elsa Lanchester, or Matilda, played by Elsa Lanchester. Um, and she was familiar to me because she's in Blackbeard's Ghost, which is a movie that has come up in other episodes here. Um, I was very excited to see her. And she fawned over Dudley for the better part of the movie for good reason. Um, our villain, which would be Jeffrey Hines in the new remake, um, is, uh, is Mrs. Hamilton in this one. Um, she's a stodgy old rich woman who is primarily spearheading the building of this gigantic addition to the church. Um, and she's doing everything in the name of her dead husband. Um, and she's very demanding and she's very cold and she has very high expectations of the bishop. So that's where his stress is coming from. Um, any other cast members I need to cover? I think you covered all the main ones. All right. And we didn't so talk about any of the not... rampant LSD usage of Cary Grant, but I guess we don't have to add that in. <laughs> like in his real life? Yeah. Oh, is he a big fan of the LSD? Oh, yeah. Oh, I figured he was it was just not... the yes, he was. drugs, you know? I said, yeah, who's not? Oh, who's, who's not? not? I said he's not. Oh. <laughs> he was convinced that LSD helped him come to terms with several of his issues, and he felt so grateful for the breakthroughs that he had with LSD that he left 10 grand in his will to the doctor who had overseen his LSD treatments. And he also did not yeah. like Chevy Chase, so he was way ahead of his time. He was yeah. way ahead of his time. <laughs> um, okay, so... The story is the same from the one we already covered with a few slight differences. So in this one, Julia is not white. They're white. There you go. That's a big difference. Um, Julia is not a choir director, nor can she sing. So obviously that was edited in the more modern remake, because if you got Whitney Houston, uh, she's going to sing. But Julia is still loved by the community in the same way Whitney Houston's portrayal was. Um, she is what you expect from a bishop's wife. Um, very kind, very compassionate, very gentle. Um, Henry, the bishop, on the other hand, is the same in this one as he is in the other one, uh, with varying degrees of warmth. Highly stressed. Um, in the newer version, a lot more where his kids feel neglected by not getting a lot of time with dad. We don't feel that as much in this one. They have a daughter who I thought was a pretty good kid actor. What'd you think, Anthony? She was okay. Yeah. She was that precocious she, 1940s kid. On all of the kid on the scale of kid actors we've covered, she falls somewhere mid-range, right? 
I thought she was super cute. She doesn't I have feel- a lot of screen time in it. It doesn't help that back in the day all these actors and actresses even like Cary Grant Loretta Young etc they tended to overact because film was still a big a new thing right they're used to stage so Mm -hmm. with kids it's more noticeable so sure we still have the strained marriage um Julia doesn't feel like she gets enough time with Henry like they used to have before he was super stressed. Um, and we still have the villain that is expecting a whole lot, a different, a different level of villainy, but we have the villain who is expecting a lot from Henry more than he can deliver. We still have the same storyline of not enough money to do the thing in the new version. It was not enough money to keep the existing church going, in this one, it's not enough money to build the add-on to the church. Um, so a little different there. Uh, we see less community in this one than we did in the newer one, which honestly can be a cultural thing as well, right? We talked about that with the newer preacher's wife because culturally speaking, African-Americans have that tight, tight community and they rely on each other in such this beautiful way that is so well portrayed in that movie. I think that would have felt out of place in this one because I don't feel like white people have that same beautiful tradition necessarily. At least we don't they see do it not. in movies. They do. They definitely do not. White people right. are. I were, when, I mean, I mean, I'm in a different town than my parents now, but when I lived with my parents still, I would go to church with them like after college. Uh, there was always this group of older ladies who sat in front of us at church, like old ladies, senior citizen type ladies, they were friends or whatever, but they were the biggest gossips. Like they would, they would know like, oh, so-and-so didn't come to church today, or oh, so-and-so was alone, or, you know, if dad was sick or I was sick, oh, where's your husband or where's your son or whatever, like, and I feel like it's just a very different type of community than the African-American mm-hmm. churches. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very different. We do see some of that gossiping activity, though, in this movie. Um, At the which is also right? dealt Exactly. Which is also dealt with a little differently in this version versus the newer one. So we still have a Dudley that is really attracted to the wife. Um, that's the same in both. Um, Cary Grant is very clearly entranced by Julia in the same way that Denzel Washington was entranced by Whitney Houston in the newer one. So that's the same. Um, we even have similarities Which, down to. I was just going to ask, do you guys feel differently about this Dudley's attraction to Julia than Denzel Washington's attraction to Whitney Houston? No, it felt the same to me. I still didn't love that aspect. Um, what about you, Tom? But it, it oh, just sorry, felt Julie. weird. Yeah. I don't was like I, it. Julia, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were still. I think Julia reacted differently. Uh, Julia's reaction felt different in this movie than it felt in the newer one, though. I think I am more willing to give this one a pass than the preacher's one. Yeah, maybe Why? maybe it was just the time, but I felt like Cary Grant's Dudley was a little more goofy and slapstick than Denzel Washington's. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas Denzel Washington was a bit more played a bit more. I mean, he was still funny, right? But he was played a bit more straight, and that made him more uncomfortable. Whereas this one, it was clear he was. I don't want to use the term fish out of water, but he was more, a little mm-hmm. bit more over the top, and that okay. made it. That made him more likable to me than oh, this guy's hitting on the married woman, you know? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, well, and also like I liked Courtney B. Vance a lot more than I liked David Niven. <laughs> so, I did too. While a I, lot. Well, yeah, while I didn't like I don't like the angel trying to move in on the wife in either one in this one. I mean, like, and it's Cary Grant, okay, for, for freaking crying out loud. <laughs> like, it's, it's a very different, I le- also loved Enzo Washington, like, I look at him all day long, but Cary Grant has got this different air to him. Um, I, I didn't really feel as liked, much sympathy for the bishop in this one. I didn't either. I felt like he was knowingly neglecting a lot more than he should have. Yeah. And yeah. it felt more about him. Like yes. this cathedral he has to build, you know, it's like he wanted to leave his legacy as opposed to concern for the community. Right. And you don't get as many, like, I felt like Courtney B. Vance was distraught by the fact that he was neglecting his wife and kids. Niven never feels distraught. He's neglecting his wife and kids. I think he's distraught that he can't make the cathedral happen. Yes. And I, I didn't like that. that. So... Um, what else do we have? Um, we've got, we've got the fun Dudley stuff in both movies where it's an angel experiencing the real world. We get a lot more of that with Denzel Washington. I feel like this Dudley seems a little, a little less fresh maybe in the world, but he still does the things. I think he's still pretty fresh out of water. But he's been around, he's been in the world a lot. He talks about all the places. Which was and... different than Dudley. Yeah. Uh, Denzel Dudley. Denzel. Right. Because Denzel was f- a fresh one trying to make it to his final resting place with this good deed. And this Dudley was a little more experienced in having, he was more like a Mary Poppins Dudley. So what did y'all think of the Dudley special effects circa 1940 something? I love the typewriter typewriter is yeah. fun and i love the 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 index cards self-indexing mm-hmm. also i love the idea of having index cards <laughs> as a filing system right what did you think of him decorating the tree i thought that was cute i loved that part too i loved i loved everything to do with every tree in this episode the tree that was on the professor's table in his apartment was mwah. there you go professor your Wutheridge. tree the Tom Crow. My tree, yes. The one that he, the one that he negotiated down and saved 40 cents on. That's right. Professor Wutheridge. Can we talk about his name? Pretty great, right? Uh, it is pretty to. great. And that actor, I don't know his name, but I remembered him from The Man Who Came to Dinner. I liked him a lot. So we see Dudley do miracles, right? Um, he saves a few people from death. <laughs> he saves I himself and Julia from death. Um, car accidents. Um, but he also has like sweet ones, right? Um, we do get in both movies a skating rink scene with Dudley and Julia. 
Um, in this one, however, it's not just Dudley and Julia, which I like. You get some Dudley and Julia time, but you also get the cabbie, Sylvester. Um, you see him skating as well. And it is hilarious because it's definitely not them skating and their faces are so dark <laughs> to hide the fact that it's not them skating, um, that it made me laugh a little bit. Um, but we do you know why I liked it more in this one why? is because it was less uh flirty because mm -hmm. there were other people present on the room too. Right. It was less flirty. And speaking of the gossips we talked about earlier. There is a part of the movie um, in both where Carrie Grant, where Dudley and Julia go to dinner because the husband was supposed to be there, but he couldn't because of work. So Dudley fills the gap in. In the Denzel Washington version, they go to a club that she used to sing at, which felt more intimate. In this one, they just go to a restaurant that Julia really likes, and there's a history there between her and Henry. Um, but Dudley goes with her. Right. Um, and as they're talking, they notice the gossips a table away are noticing them. And so what do they do, but invite the gossips to come and sit with them, which I thought was a nice bring the temperature down moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? It tampered yeah. that whole, he's moving in on the Bishop's wife, um, which I appreciated. Could we go back to the typewriter for a minute, though, in terms of the special effects yeah. and the magic? I love that, like, you just saw the typewriter independently typing the sermon for the bishop. As he dictated like, it. I thought that, I th yeah, I thought that was so cute. Little did they know we would have just that technology for everybody. But no clicky-clicky, which is unfortunate. No clicky-clicky no and not as... You don't have to say period and space and exclamation point. And, yeah, you know, that's true. You don't have to be that's as true. clear with your direction. <laughs> um, one of the bigger and most important to the plot um, miracles Dudley performs is um, that he he meets with the villain, which happens in the Denzel Washington version as well. Um, but he meets with her and instead of threatening her life like Denzel does with Gregory Hines he instead um stumbles on a little information that this husband she's wanting to dedicate this cathedral to she really give a flipping flip about she basically married him because she was terrified of being poor and she never loved him um, the person, oh, wait, money, the honey, name, because she had a fantastic name too. What's her name, Julia? Her name, you mean real name or she's Mrs. No, Hamilton her character's name, Mrs. Agnes Hamilton. That's Agnes Hamilton. Name. I miss that. It is. It is. Um, she fesses up pretty easily, right? She <laughs> slices through her like just warm butter. She's like, yeah, you found this song, this guy loved him um i was scared of what money and so i married this rich guy instead this is her change um and she does a full turn so she does a full turn um and ends up reaching out to the bishop and saying change of plans instead of my money going to this whole big thing um let's help people with it like people that actually need help not build this big building as a monument to a man you know what? that i didn't love so 
you know what I like about that though is they didn't like Dudley can't just like magic her to change her mind. She has to change her mind herself. Right. That's right. It's like through talking we don't know that conversation that that he uh he influences yeah. people's minds and and their reactions in other in other instances here. He does a lot of corporal manipulation in this movie that Denzel does not do in his. And I don't mind it, yeah. but there is a lot more of it. So like the choir boy scene, I actually quite liked. Um, there's only like two choir boys there and practice started like 10 minutes ago. And the, the choir master is just kind of like, it is what it is. You know, it's Christmas and football season. Well, I mean, it's clearly Dudley. Dudley says, well, just start singing because I'm really interested to hear you sing. It's clearly Dudley that's making the boys show up in droves. Also, when he wants time alone with Julia and she says she needs to do shopping, all of a sudden, Matilda, the housekeeper, shows up and her shopping is done. And so he's he is manipulating people in this one more than Denzel does, but it's not nefarious necessarily. And to Anthony's point, I don't feel like he manipulated Mrs. Hamilton. He really did a lot of just like, you know, pulling it out of her, right? Like, let's talk about this. Tell me about this guy. Um, He feels like a therapist almost, which I liked. I agree. I agree. Um, One big difference, we get a sermon at the end of the movie, um, we also get the fact that they're going to forget about Dudley. Um, but the sermon is very different in this one than it is in the Denzel Washington version. The sermon in the Denzel Washington version is like this big climactic moment where Julia then, you know, turns her eyes back to her husband and sees that he's the man that he should be. And it feels very fulfilling in that moment. Again, it might be the cultural difference of a white church versus a non-white church. That probably has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sermon at the end of this one is just kind of lackluster to me. I was, I think I enjoyed the big moment that Courtney B. Vance had in the newer version than this one, so to speak. Would you remind me, Julia, in the new version with Courtney B. Vance and Vincent Washington, did Denzel listen from outside or was he actually sitting in the church listening? I think he was either outside or he was in like the rectory in the back. I don't think he was in curious, the church. Okay. Because in this one, Dudley is what, kind of listening from the street. Right. And I like that a lot. Right. But I agree with you that the emotional impact of the sermon did not, it didn't impact that punch like the new one did. Right. I think part of that is to your credit the black church versus like the white church mm-hmm. but also i do think courtney b vance is a better actor than this david niven guy yeah yeah for sure let's talk christmas um i think when we watched the preacher's wife we were sort of surprised by the lack of christmas and i think we even fell on it's a movie set at Christmas and it's not necessarily a Christmas movie. Is that right? We did. indeed. Okay. So how about this one? What are our feelings on this one? I feel this one is a soft Christmas movie. Okay. It felt Christmasier to me than the preacher's wife. It did for me too, but I think it's still a movie set at Christmas. 
me personally for me personally mm -hmm. the family but the family needed the bishop at christmas and he wasn't able to fulfill to fulfill his Christmassy roles. I don't. I guess you could have done that at another time. I don't know. Where do you fall, Julia? I think I'm probably more with Tom on this one. Um, surprise, surprise. Hey, buddy, <laughs> I've been like squarely in your camp the last lots of weeks. <laughs> oh, that's. I even defended oh, you. I even defended you to Ethan tonight. So Ethan and I were watching TV and that Tom and not Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Hello. Chip and Dale commercial came on. Chip and Dale. Yep. Uh, with the new one. And, and Ethan goes, that looks awful. And I was like, I thought it looked awful too, but Anthony said it's good. And that probably means that it's good. And Ethan's like, come on. And I'm like, no, he has hit it out of the park a lot lately. <laughs> Oh, Anthony's well. exact words to us about that movie was that it was better than it had any right to be. And how I would describe that, that Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers new movie is that it is better than it has any right to be. Have you watched it there too? There you go. Yeah. Okay. You have we watched to it for watch family movie night. Okay. And yeah, it, uh, it hit it out of the park. Okay. Okay. So I got to tell Ethan that. Anyway. So don't start with that whole, of course, she's siding with Tom <laughs> nonsense. Um, I do. It's funny. Um, it, it might just be the extra Christmas trees. Honestly, I know that preacher's wife had the tree with the angel on top. That's one of my favorite things about the preacher's wife is the cute moment at the end when Dudley wants the tree topper to look like him. I really liked that. Um, but this one, and I think it's mostly that professor Wethridge character um, amplifies the Christmas. And there's something about a snowy movie in black and white that just feels more Christmassy to me also, but it is a very soft Christmas movie. It's interesting to me because you guys did not think Christmas in Connecticut was a Christmas movie. And I thought that one had more Christmas Anthony, than this one. Anthony, you can't apply logic to how we feel today. No, it's just you're going to lose that. <laughs> Absolutely. I say that half half jokingly because as I see, as I look at, um, as I look at the way we rated movies and we discuss them, I think on a different day, most of our movies would have different ratings. Yeah. And uh, 100%. Yep. You know how I feel about the ranking system. Speaking of, um, so high level, I'm curious, even though I think I know the answer, um, Anthony, do you prefer this movie or do you prefer The Preacher's Life? I prefer this one. And why, generally speaking? I, first of all, I'm a big Cary Grant fan, mm -hmm. and that goes a long way. Not that I'm not a big uh, Denzel Washington fan. Um, but I like that he, it was less about the angel's feelings for the bishop's wife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's something, I don't know, there's something very innocent and timeless about the black and white era of films. And I, uh, I just see myself going for this one more. And even though I do not believe it's a Christmas movie as much as a movie set at Christmas, it does feel more Christmassy than the preacher's wife okay that's legit what about you tom what do you think there's just something about this movie i love <laughs> i don't i don't know what it is i haven't put my my finger quite on it yet 
but I love this one. I liked the the preacher's wife a whole lot as well, but uh, there's just something about this one that really that really got me. And I think it may be the faux nostalgia factor that I saw a good black and white film brings. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, same. Uh, so I like this one better than the preacher's wife. And just like Tom, I, I enjoyed the preacher's wife. Um, there's a bunch of real nostalgia built up in the preacher's life for me. Um, just because I remember really loving it when I was younger, before I picked up on the whole angel moving in on your mama kind of thing. But, um, but this one just has so much going for it. I prefer this one. Um, and I'm more likely to watch this one at Christmas time, I think, than I will be likely to watch The Preacher's Life at Christmas time. Um, so that's where I fall too, which means it's time to rank it. My least favorite thing. Wait, well, I, have a, I do have, a, I do have one last question, Julia. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. Um, so Tom said earlier during our overall thoughts that this was going to be added to his canon. Mm. This is going to be added to your canon. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I watch it every Christmas, which is the typical definition of canon. Um, but I mean, does this get a lot of airplay at Christmas time? I don't even know. It's like not even on my radar, really, with respect to like AMC. I, and... I would assume if it does get any airplay, it's probably on Turner Classic Movies, like Christmas in Connecticut. Yeah. And the original Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. Um, but I... You know, it's just never been on my radar to turn on and watch. Like I said, I had no history with this. So. Right. I might have to give it this Christmas to breathe and I'll probably add it in this Christmas and see how it feels. <laughs> but I will not shy away from watching this movie at all. It's not, it doesn't have the important role in my canon as say White Christmas would, um, but we'll see. I'll fill it out this year. What about you, Anthony? Did if it was on, I wouldn't turn it off. I'll put it that way. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd go out of my way to watch it. Okay. Do you think uh, this had a lioness moment? Yeah. I mean. What was it? I don't think the it's Bishop. as strong as the Denzel Washington version. I agree with that. But that's Niven's problem, I think. It could have been as strong. I just don't think he played it right because like his big relief at the end is that the stress was taken off. <laughs> right. He's got the, the demanding boss off of his back. And so now he can focus on what matters, which is what should have mattered the whole time anyway. So, and like Courtney B Vance, like the church was saved. Also the church and by virtue, the community was saved. Um, uh-huh. This one, it wasn't that. Not no, we don't even know if he got the if he was getting the cathedral for sure, right? Yeah, I mean, we know that she's going to use her money bags to help the poor, and that's amazing. But like, we didn't see it, and we saw it with Courtney B. Vance, so just a little different. And since I oh, said a little right different, here. that means it's time to rank this movie. I gave Christmas in Connecticut a five point seven. I like this less. I'm going to give it a five point five. Nine and a quarter. Whoa! 6.5. Which gives us a 7.083, which puts it pretty high on this. Yeah. That ties it with It's a Wonderful Life at number 33 on the list. 
Another light Christmas movie. Oh, hate mail. I'm going to get hate mail for that one. (laughs) Well, for those people that do have things they want to say, Anthony, where can they do that? Linktree.com slash Tissa Podcast. You'll find all the things. All of our social media. Um, What if they want to throw money at our face and hear stuff that's not Christmassy? Tom, where do they do that? Then they should probably go to Patreon um, and do like I do and listen to Anthony and Julia over there. (laughs) So weird you're saying that since I've just been absent from it for so long. (laughs) But yeah, Patreon. We just did a Doctor Strange episode. Um, By the time you're listening to this last week, me and Santa Matt from North Pole Radio, we did an episode on the movie X. A24's X. Um, and two days from now, if you're listening to this the day it drops, you'll hear me and Julia and Jerry D of Totally Red Christmas talking Moon Knight. So check it out. Um, we've got got some good stuff coming up. Um, next week, if you want to go ahead and get a head start, um, go ahead and step back into the world of rank and bass. We will be talking about the 1979 Jack Frost. Is it a movie or is it a TV short? It is a TV it's a range short. Bath. They're all TV shorts, I guess. Um, I've been promised this one is it, extra trippy. It is not uh, like uh, frosty length at 20 something minutes. It's Rudolph length at 40 something. You're welcome. Okay. That's a good heads up. Know what I'm committing myself to. <laughs> um, the week after that, if you really want a head scratcher that I'm excited about, um, we are going to be covering the 1997 LA Confidential um, with Todd Killian. That's the one with Russell Crowe and Guy Pierce and Kim Basinger. Curious. And that's Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast who has reserved June as Todd month. And he picked this movie. Now, of course, er- anyone who knows Todd knows that if you mention peppermint in a movie, he considers it a Christmas movie. So I'm curious to see how he spins this one, but we'll see. And I'm just happy that we're finally covering the movie that references Rolo Tomasi, which is the name that comes up in my brain so many times when we're recording. And it's inexplicable to me. Yes. I don't know what it is that we say that my brain is like Rolo Tomasi, Rolo Tomasi. I don't know. It's a problem apparently with my own self. That's fine. Um, So that's our next two weeks. Um, If you want to get real excited and looking down the road, besides the fact that we get closer to Christmas every second that we breathe, um, we have some really good TV content coming up as well. We're going to be covering the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Christmas episodes with friends. And we're also going to be covering the New Girl Christmas episodes, which I'm also very excited about. So good stuff coming, stuff to get you through the hot season, which is definitely upon us here in Oklahoma. And I'm pretty sure it is in New York as well, and probably where you are listening from today. Um, So we will stay with you through this, the doldrums of summer, and we will make it. We've got an anniversary coming up that we will be celebrating. Y'all are helping us celebrate yes. that, hopefully. Wait, and how what? are they helping us, Anthony? 
vote in our poll. You have spent five years criticizing our rankings and our list. Now's your chance to have your voice heard. Uh, if you haven't voted yet, the link is on uh, all the social medias. Vote and tell us your favorite Christmas movie, the fa- your favorite actor in a Christmas movie, your favorite actress, et cetera, et cetera, a favorite Christmas TV special. The favorite uh, yeah. cat, cat sitting on a on a bench in a Christmas movie. <laughs> you have until June third when the things get locked, and then we have to start putting together this episode. So you have a few days left, y'all. So make your voice heard. Uh, if we you also, if you think your voice voice doesn't count, there are very close matchups that you could help determine the outcome of. So, oh. Also for our five-year anniversary, we have new limited edition mugs that we will be offering for pre-sale here shortly. There are only 20 of them going up for sale, and they are pretty amazing hand-thrown Tis the Podcast mugs. Now, I have a question, y'all. Yeah, what's that? Did y'all ever think we'd be doing this five years on? No, I didn't. Me either. Me either, but I'm so glad we are. It's become like a staple. It's become such like a important little thing in my life, like talking to y'all every week. And I, I need it every week. So same thing, same thing here. Tom's um, like me. Could take your leave, ya. I don't know. I guess we're. We'll see. I guess it's fine. We'll see what happens. Uh, and before we wrap up. Real quick, we have a question of the week from listener President Hot Dog, aka Ron Hogan, mm. of the amazing Film Strip podcast. And he was just listening to one of our back episodes. He wrote, listening to the Garfield Halloween episode, I wonder what holiday specials that have fallen out of favor that you would like to see return to prominence. Personally, oh I'd like to bring back the Claymation Christmas special because Holly had no idea what I was talking about last Christmas. <laughs> so I don't have an answer off the top of my head here. I need a week to think about it, but I think that's a great question. Same. And I would love to hear what people think. And I look I forward to, to next week when you have to remind us there was a question of the week and I am then <laughs> scrambling for my answer. So thank you, President Hot Dog, for the extra pressure. Always appreciated. I like Ron. I do too. He's I good people. Ron. Ron is good people. He is good people. Um, I'm looking forward to the facts also, um, aside from our amazing stuff coming up in the schedule, that we only have 5,184 hours until Christmas. That's only 216 that's, days, y'all. That's 30 weeks. We're in the 20s next week. We're almost at Leon Day. 30 sounds bearable. I can do it. 30 sounds bearable and almost kind of scary. This year's flying. Yeah. Yeah. Parts of me are just totally fine with that. Um, y'all come back next week and we'll chat and later skaters. Y'all come back now real soon. Bye.
the shades of 